Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs, we're, we're gaining God's wisdom for living a godly life. I'm going to give you a little, little review, but let me show you Proverbs 4. Uh, it's kind of our kickoff uh, uh, little uh, session of verses uh, that uh, just exploded in me when we began this, this effort. And let me just jump down into verse 7. Uh, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Everyone say the principal thing. That's the, 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 that word principal thing is the same word in the Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning. beginning. That's the same exact word. And so here we find Proverbs saying, wisdom is the beginning ground. If you want to get, and then he says, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. It's the place where you begin. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Everyone say, you got to get wisdom. And so that's so important for us to embrace and understand. And that word get, when he says get wisdom, as we've already uh, shared with you, it means to erect, create, or procure by purchase. In other words, we've got to invest our lives in gaining God's wisdom. Wisdom doesn't just roll up on you and slap you in the face and say, here I am. And, and Now, wisdom, according to the Proverbs, is out in the streets going, here I am. But we've got to get a hold of that wisdom of God. We've got to embrace it. In fact, our plan has been this, read a proverb every day. If you're not reading a proverb every day, just jump in right now. Don't try to catch up. Just jump in because today's the 13th. Tomorrow's the 14th. Proverbs 14. Every morning I've been getting up, reading the proverb, thinking about it, pondering it, and just seeing what I feel God's saying to me and what comes alive in me. And then I I get online or I get on my laptop and I shoot a little video and it sets up in me and I share it with others. You ought to do that even if you don't shoot a video. Get what you get and then share it with others. Amen. But you've got to procure it. You've got to pay for it. You've got to go out and, and, and apprehend and build this wisdom in your life. To, to erect means to build and to construct. Amen. And of course, we've talked about the definition, the ability to live life skillfully. Okay. And so uh, that's what we're endeavoring to do. Everybody say, in all you're getting, get wisdom. So we read the proverb, we receive the proverb into our heart. We respond to the proverb obediently. And then we ask, we request God to give us wisdom. Everybody just look up to heaven and say, God, I need your wisdom. I'm asking you for wisdom. Amen. And we thank him for it. Amen. Now, last week I gave you from the proverbs just some simple words on how we gain God's wisdom in our life on, on everyday level. We gain his ability to live life skillfully. I gave you four thoughts, and I can't go back and review them uh, in entirety, of course, but here they are. We gain God's wisdom by correction, by allowing God to correct us. In fact, we learned that the word instruction means correction and discipline and reproof. That one of the first things the, uh, the Solomon said, hey, let me tell you something. You need to, you need to put yourself in a place where God can reprove you and correct you. Uh, and so correction brings wisdom. And then we looked at discernment. Uh, and, uh, it's, uh, the scripture says perceive 
God's Word and wisdom. We learn that the Holy Spirit is in our life. How many of you thank God for the Holy Spirit in your life? Who gives you discernment? He says, uh, 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 You ever feel that in your heart? You're heading in a direction, all of a sudden, something inside goes, uh, 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 And you keep walking, uh, 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 uh. And if you keep going, you know what happens? That doesn't get louder. It gets softer. And then you grieve him because of your disobedience. And he just lets you go on your way because you're a person of choice. But he gives us discernment. And that discernment we have gains us great wisdom. And man, last Wednesday night, uh, there was just some great insight that the Word of God brought us. Uh, and then we talked about we gain God's wisdom by hearing, by opening up our ears to hear what he says to us and listening to him. How many of you know you'll never get wise if you don't listen? you got to listen up. Everybody say, listen up. You listen not only to what the Holy Spirit is saying, but also listen to what the Word of God is saying. And as I said Sunday, I was able to have breakfast with uh, the three wise men. Uh, there's more wise men, but these are my three, three wise men. And, and uh, between the three of them, close to 150 years of, of, of ministry, successful ministry. And, and I... I just was listening and I kept wanting to talk, but I said, don't talk, just listen. Even a, what does it say? Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut, uh, something like that. And so I know that I tend to jump in and, and, uh, and talk. And so I backed away and listened and God gave me some wisdom. And then we talked about, we gain God's wisdom through learning, through being teachable, allowing God to teach us, let others teach us. Uh, have you ever had anybody that just didn't want to learn? They think they could do it better themselves. Uh, in fact, you ever tried to put something complicated together without the instructions? Uh, you know, you think, oh, I can handle it. No, there's people smarter than you who have already gone down that road. They can lead you down that road. And, and uh, we need uh, others in our life to help us and to teach us and to lead us. Uh, and so that was last Wednesday. I'm going to give you four more tonight. I hope you can handle them tonight. Look at your neighbor. Say, can you handle four more ways to gain God's wisdom? Can you handle it? I'm going to give them to you tonight, uh, and I bet you can. And even if just one jumps on you and, and really begins to make a difference in your life, it will make a difference in your life. The first one is this, and really it's the, we'll call it the fifth one because they're, they're all in succession. The fifth way I want to share with you on how to gain God's wisdom is by reverencing Him, by reverencing God. Let me show you this, and we're going to read a lot of Proverbs here. In fact, I may actually give some for you to read, but here's one that I learned a long time ago, and it's in a lot of different places in Scripture. Verse 7 of chapter 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Everyone say the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Look in verse 28 of that same chapter. Then they will call, uh, oh, is that correct? I'm not even sure that's correct. Let me look. Verse 20, uh, uh, looked in verse 7 and then verse 28. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's correct. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. These are the people who didn't listen. They didn't respond. They will seek me diligently, but they will not finally because they hated knowledge and did not do what? Choose the fear of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of places where you see this phrase, the fear of the Lord. Everyone say the fear of the Lord. 
And that word fear does not mean I'm afraid of God as, uh, as, as you'd be afraid of the, of a ghost or afraid of, you know, a big animal coming after you. And in fact, just about, I just had this flashback memory of a Facebook. Anybody seen the bear chasing the guy on the bicycle? OMG. That just put, that made me kind of scared. Brent, I thought about you, this grizzly bear chasing this guy on a bicycle and he had the GoPro looking back and that, I think the bear was gaining on him and, uh, uh, and then he came to a log in the road. No, it was, it was scary. It was scary. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of fear because the fear of the Lord, uh, it's a reverence for God. It's a reverential awe to regard and treat with deep respect. I find many times people don't understand that about how you, 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 you treat, you know, we, we don't know how to treat God that way. And so as a result, we don't treat our, our loved ones that way. We don't, we don't, we don't respect those around us. But well, there's one person we need to respect and that's God. And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And where did Solomon learn that? He learned it from his daddy. Look over, look over in Psalm 11. Take a lift. Go way over to the beginning. Let me show that. His daddy, who was Solomon's daddy? Somebody say it out loud. David. Solomon's daddy, David. Look what he said in Psalms uh, 11. I'm trying to get there and not lose my place. Psalms 11, verse 10, says this. There is no... Psalms 10, 11. Let me try that. 10, 11. Man, I need my paper notes, I guess. There's a place where David said, I'll just, I'll just, you just have to trust me. Where David said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everyone say the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So Solomon learned it from his daddy, and you can you can find it a lot. In fact, Psalm 33, verse 8, I know this one, I've got it written down. Here's what David said. He said, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Now, that's a good picture of the reverence we need for God. And that that puts us in a place where God can begin to deal with us and provide wisdom when we realize who He is and how awesome He is and how powerful He is and how mighty He is and we stand in His presence and, and, and we, and we don't high five and, you know, give Him nucks and say, what's going on? We realize we're, we're in the presence of mighty God, holy God. Amen. And so, we see in Proverbs chapter 1 that there was that gathering of people who did not choose the fear of the Lord. They didn't choose to reverence God in their life, and they suffered the consequences. Everyone say there's always consequences. And when you look in verse uh, 29, it says they didn't choose the fear of the Lord. Let me just say, to fear God, listen, if you want to learn how to fear God and reverence God in your life, it's a choice. I am going to honor him. How many of you know, sometimes you, uh, you have to honor even people that you really wouldn't want to honor. I'll never forget, I was at the uh, National Prayer Breakfast with Ronald Reagan, who was the speaker. Uh, for, and I was sitting over close, this was years ago in, in Dallas. And 
hail to the chief. There's pa- uh, President Reagan comes to speak at the national prayer rally. There's thousands of people there in that Coliseum. And I look down, and most of you young people won't know who this is. Sam Donaldson, the old-timey newscaster. Everybody else stood when they played hail to the chief. And Sam Donaldson, Donaldson was sitting down reading the paper. I wanted to jump over the rail and go down there and slap Sam and say, stand up. You may not like him. You may not like his policy, but we have a responsibility to, to, to respect and honor the position of the president of the United States. And that's where it even begins in our life. It's a choice. I'm going to choose to honor him and respect him and to fear him in my life. Amen. Now, Let's go back to Proverbs, and we're going to take a quick journey through the entire book of Proverbs, and I'm going to show you this phrase. Are you ready? Go to Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2. I hope my, hope my numbers are right. Here we go. Proverbs 2, verse 5. After you, seeking, after you seek after wisdom as silver, look what happens in verse 5. Then you will understand what? Everybody say the fear of the Lord. Then you will understand the... Come on, say it out loud, everybody together. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Look in chapter 8, verse 13. Look what he says. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. You see, when we fear God, we don't hate evil people, we hate evil. That which separates us from God. Look in chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord, here it is again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Look in Proverbs 14, 26. Proverbs 14, 26 says this. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. I love that one now. In the fear of the Lord, when you find yourself at a place of reverence from God, you also then have a great confidence in God that you are rightly positioned with Him. And it says His children will have a place of refuge. In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. Look in verse 27 of that same chapter. Uh, It says this, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. I love it. Whoo, somebody say amen. Look in chapter 15, verse 16. Look what he says. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Look in verse 33 of chapter 15. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Look in 16, verse 6. In mercy and truth. Atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Look in chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. I love that. The fear of the Lord. Look in chapter 22, verse 44. It says this, 22 verse 4, that'll be wrong. 22 verse 4, I I uh, misread it. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. 
by the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Let me give you one more. 23 verse 17. Look at this one. Do not let your heart envy strangers, uh, sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Wow. And when you see sin, sin comes and looks so fine, you just say, hmm, wisdom says I better fear God here and not allow this into my life. How do we gain God's wisdom? By building a lifestyle of reverence to God in every area of our life. With how we walk in life. I reverence Him. I honor Him. I put Him first place in my life. We gain God's wisdom by reverencing Him. Amen. Number two. We gain God's reverence by valuing. By placing value on things. Go back to Proverbs 2. We've read this quite a few times. But let me show it to you. And show, let me show you how Solomon values the wisdom of God. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to, to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, catch verse 4, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. You see, he he says, we've got to seek for it like we're seeking precious silver and gold. Why? Because it's valuable. Look in chapter 3, verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13 says, I love this. I'm going to take this apart for you a little bit. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds, catch this. In other words, wisdom pays dividends. You get it? For her proceeds, I like that, for her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot com be compared with her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her right hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. Wow. She's more precious. That word means valuable. Wisdom is more valuable than rubies. Wisdom, wisdom is more valuable than gold. Wisdom is more valuable than silver. Wisdom is more valuable than all the money you may win tonight on the Powerball. God's wisdom is more valuable than all those resources. And once you, you, you began to realize that and you began to value God's wisdom above all else. That's why, they, that's why uh, Solomon said, in all you're getting, get wisdom. Because it's, it's the answer to all the other things you have. If you get God's wisdom, it'll help you in all these other areas that are, areas that are secondary in your life. Let me just show you the fruit of this. When you value God's wisdom in your life, let me show you the fruit. Number one, it says, uh, there will be ha happy is the man who finds wisdom. Everybody go happy, happy, happy. That word happy means blessed. It means you're blessed. When you gain God's wisdom, there's happiness. You are blessed. And then there's longevity. It says this. It says for uh, verse 16, length of days is in her right hand. She gives longevity to those who value her and seek after her. 
Then it says, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Now, this word riches is not just money. It's things that money cannot buy. How many of you know there are things that God has that money cannot buy? But when you value God's wisdom and His, His revelation knowledge in your life, it, it brings blessing in your life. It brings longevity in your life. It brings spiritual riches and even physical riches and honor in your life. And I love this one. It brings pleasantness. It's just pleasant. Life is good. When you've got, gained God wis, God's wisdom in your life, her ways are ways of pleasantness. Everybody smile. You see, when, when you've got God's wisdom and you've valued God's wisdom and you're gaining God's wisdom, it'll put a, it'll make, it'll put a skip in your step. It'll make life so much more uh, pleasurable. Uh, even in the troubled times, you just have a smile because, you know, I got God's wisdom in my life here. I, I don't know, uh, you know, what's going on, but I know God's smarter than I and he's going to give me wisdom. Hallelujah. Life is good. Amen. Turn around and tell somebody life is good. Life is good because we're, see- we're valuing the wisdom of God. It brings pleasantness to our life and, and then it brings peace. Look what he says here. All her paths are peace. And then it says, she is a tree of life. There's life in God's wisdom. And so when we gain God's wisdom, when we value God's wisdom and seek after God's wisdom, our life begins to walk in the blessing of God and longevity and riches and honor and pleasantness and peace and life. And then this last phrase in verse 18, and happy are all who retain her. It's a different word than the first uh, in verse 3, happy. This happy has to do with straight and level and right. In other words, you, you're, you're on the right track. You're, you're level. You're on the right path. Yeah, you're blessed in life. Things are going good. You're, you're leveled out. You're straightened out. Things are right in your life uh, and, and when you retain God's wisdom in your life. Amen. So we've got to value this in our life. We've got to reverence God and value what He has for us. Let me ask you this. What do you do with the people and things that you value tremendously? Say say what? Love them, absolutely. Spend time with them, yes. What else? Take care of them. What else? People and things that you value highly... What do you do? They become a priority in your life? Absolutely. That's the way it's got to be with God's wisdom in our life. If you have jewelry, you don't leave it laying out. You you try not to. Anybody ever lost something of value? OMG. Beverly lost her diamond out of her wedding ring. She, I think she's waving by to me out in the church parking lot. Somewhere out in that parking lot, there's, a, there's a, about a half-carat diamond somewhere out there somewhere. Who knows where it is? Pardon me? Pardon me? Third, she won't let me... She won't... She don't know. No, you don't. How do you know that? You know... Lord, give my wife wisdom to be quiet while her husband is talking. 
We value them. Here, here's what we guard and protect it. We embrace it. We love it. We fellowship. That's God's wisdom in our life. You gain God's wisdom by putting value on it. Let me just say, you can take somebody's checkbook and see what they value in life, right? You can look at their budget and see what they value in life. You can look at church and see who's there and who's not there and who's coming, who's not coming to see. To be honest, what the habit of their life is, is not one of, 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 of serious seeking after God's wisdom in their life. They're, they're K sera, sera, ho hum, the tune is dumb. The words don't mean is a thing. Uh, they, they don't value God's wisdom. And if you go back to Proverbs 1, those that, that resist it, don't value it, don't care about it, there's consequences. It just happens. So we gain God's wisdom by reverencing, by valuing. And here's one that I think is important for us to embrace. We gain God's wisdom by remembering. Now I'm going to show you one little simple truth here after we look at these Proverbs. Proverbs 3, go back to Proverbs 3. Uh, and let me show you this. Uh, uh, it says this in verse 1 through 4. My son, do not forget. Everybody said, don't forget. How many times have you ever told your kids that? Don't forget that. Don't forget. Don't forget. Uh, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep. Everybody say, let your heart. Let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life. There's that longevity again. And peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What's he saying? Don't forget this. You've got to remember this. You write them on the tablet of what? Your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now, look in, look in uh, verse 13 through 8. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, verse chapter 4. Look in chapter 4, verse 20. I want you to see this. My son... Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your what? Heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Look over in Proverbs 7. I'm going to read these and I'm going to come back and make one simple point for you. Proverbs 7. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. And let my, and my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your Say to wisdom, you're my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin. What do we see here? And he says, they'll keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. He's saying, you've got to remember this. You've got to remember this. You've got to remember this. Now, here's the one thing I want you to say. Remembering is much more than a mental exercise. When it comes to this kind of stuff, it's an issue of the heart. Every one of those passages of Scripture... Write them on the tablet of your heart. What did he say in uh, the first one that I read to you? Uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. He said, write them on the tablet of your heart. In verse 1 he said, but let your heart keep my commandments. You see, we gain God's wisdom. We remember what he says because, because we value it and we take it to heart. Let me give you a little illustration. Has anyone ever had a real serious heartbreak? 
I mean, you're seriously brokenhearted. I can tell you my first real broken heart. I think I was second grade and Terry Duke kissed my friend on the playground. John Edwards, I know his name. I've been trying to find them both on Facebook for years. Broke my little heart. And as a result, what happened? What did I do? I remembered it, didn't I? Conversely, when we get our heart, something really touches us, and, it, and it's something that just, it just on the inside, we fall in love, and we get married, and, and our, it's not an issue of right here, it's my heart. And when we fall in love with Jesus, and we fall in love with His Word in our life, our heart gets all tangled up in that, and you know what? That's how we begin to remember these things, because it's not right here, it's right here. When something affects you right here, you're going to remember it forever. Amen? That's why he said, write them on the tablets of your heart. Not just here. It's not just memorizing verses uh, here. It's, it's, it's digesting it. And, and you memorize it here, but, but then it, you just, because it's living and active and sharper than two edged sword, drops down into our heart and transforms our life. And we are never the same. And, and if we'll keep that process going, we'll not forget. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. It's an issue of the heart. Amen. So when we let our hearts be taken over by his word and by his love and, 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 and his, his wisdom, we remember these things. and We write these things on the tablets of our heart. Amen. One more. I'll give you one more. You want one more? One more way we gain God's wisdom is by humility or by humbling ourselves before God. Look in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord. Now, now I don't even know that this, the word humility or humble yourself is here, but this, you'll see this is what he's saying. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That's humility right there. When you don't trust yourself, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. You don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall do what? Direct your paths. Now, here's another humble statement. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So he's saying to us, humble yourself. And you'll find God's wisdom in your life. There's a humility that comes. And when we humble ourselves before God, and we, and you know, I tell the Lord, I'm telling more people, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm just not. 
I don't want to embarrass you, but your pastor's not, uh, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer. He needs God's wisdom in his life. Uh, I'm just not that. I used to think I was all that and more, but I'm not. I, I just, I'm realizing that he's, he's God and I'm just me. And without him, I'd be a man most miserable. And without his word, without his Holy Spirit, without his help, without his mercy and grace, I'm just a I'm in a mess. I am a mess. I'm just a mess without him. And I need him. So I humble myself before him. Look in verse 34 of chapter chapter 3. Look what he says. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives what? Grace to the humble. We find that in Peter. Peter said that too. He, he gives grace to the humble. Maybe Peter was reading Proverbs. He gives grace, that is his favor, to the humble. Amen? So we humble ourselves before him. Look in chapter 11, verse 12. I think this one will work. Chapter 11, verse 12. That's where I, I, I put that up there somewhere else when I shouldn't have. Uh, Proverbs 11, verse 12. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor... But a man of understanding holds his peace, and that's evidently not it. That's the same wrong scripture. Uh, but uh, uh, I apologize for that. Humility, let me say it this way. Humility should be the overflowing attitude of all believers. Because once you come into the presence of Almighty God, and you realize who He is, then all of us, by, by the very nature of who He is and by, by the very nature of what we've learned about Him, how we've, we've sought after Him, we've realized He's mighty God. Our, our nature, our, our, our attitude, the overflowing uh, and, and overwhelming attitude of all believers ought to be, I just want to be, I just need to bow low before Him. And humility opens the door for God's wisdom to be made manifest in our life. Amen? Amen? Verse 2, there it is. There it is. See, I put a 1 there. Thank you. 11-2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble, there is what? And I, that, ooh, underline that one. Thank you so much, Patsy. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. So humility brings wisdom in our life. And, you know, Jesus, of course, is our, our role model here. Philippians 2.8 says, He humbled Himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father. Jesus came and He humbled Himself. Amen. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, one of the most well known verses about humility. It says, If my people, God says, if my people who are called by my name, everybody say that's me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal. Their land. You see, humility has been modeled by great men and women of God from all over the world. I saw it Saturday morning. And, no, and, and I, just, I just caught it 
but I logged it in. Saturday morning I was with, I'm going to say his name uh, because I, I want to honor him, uh, 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 Brother Vaughn, Richard Vaughn, uh, who's 70-something years old and he still looks like he's 60 or less. And uh, uh, Pastor Ron was talking and he said, you know, uh, 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 Robert Morris wanted to come be his associate. And uh, so we're talking about all that. And, and I was asking about certain things about preaching style and evangelism. And uh, I said, now tell me about Robert. When he was an evangelist, was he a fiery evangelist? Because he gets up now and he's just talking. He just talks. He just teaches. Was he fiery? He said, well, his mentors were uh, uh, Freddie Gage and James Robinson. And, and, he, and, and before he said that, he said, you know, I really wasn't responsible for, for mentoring him. And that one little phrase, I went, he didn't have to say that. There was a, I was getting this thing built in my mind that, that, that Brother Vaughn had mentored. And he, he just said, you know, I really wasn't responsible for mentoring him in evangelism, but... But I, I can tell you a couple things. And so, so I thought, that man's a humble man. He didn't even want me to, he didn't want to even infer by someone else's question about something that he's very humble about. He didn't want to infer that he had much to do with Robert Moore's success. And I just thought that was, I just that one little thing, I, I logged it down. There he is. He's a humble man. Didn't bother him to be humble. Shouldn't bother me to be humble. Amen. Luke 14, let me show you this. Jesus said this in a number of different places in the Gospels. Luke 14, verse 11, and we're going to close here. Luke 14, 11. For whoever exalts himself will be what? Humble. But look what he goes on to say. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Did you know that's a law of the universe, I think? Because it's the word of God. He said it in a number of places. He who exalts himself will be humbled, humiliated. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, when you look to Scripture and you study any successful man of God, in fact, how many of you think Moses was pretty successful? Mo, everybody said Moses. Moses. And you know, Moses, we have this pic picture of him, you know, and, and he, was, he was something else, but... His, his ministry did not start well. He basically told God no. <laughs> he said, I ain't doing it. And he hacked the Lord off. You don't want to make God mad. You want to make him happy. And Moses didn't make it into the promised land. You know why Moses didn't make it into the promised land? He got hacked off at the people, but he took the credit for a miracle. God said one time, strike the rock and water came out. He did. The next time he said, speak to the rock. And he was mad and he struck it. 
And he said, why must I always be doing this for y'all? Something basically like that. In a moment of anger, his arrogance took over. It cost him the promised land. Oops. He who exalts himself will be humble. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And we gain God's wisdom by that. It's, the, it's a smart thing to do. It's a wise thing to do. To stay humble and realize you're not the snar- sharpest knife in the drawer. You're not, you're not uh, you know, all that and then some. Without his mercy and grace. And so, <clears throat> just some simple proverb words. Reverence God. Fear God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Seek after wisdom as a precious commodity. Value the wisdom of God. It's more precious and valuable than rubies. Remember from the heart. Let God's word touch your heart and write these things on the tablet of your heart. You'll never forget it if you have a heart experience with God and his word. Amen. And stay humble. Don't let your pride and arrogance knock you out of the race. Because, you know, one of the things in, uh, the Lord hates, seven things the Lord hates, I forget what proverb that is. An arrogant, prideful look. He doesn't hate prideful people. He hates the fruit of what it does to them. He hates that. Why? It separates him, them from him. And, it, and he hates it because really, we, when we do that, we're trying to be him. And think we're smarter than God. When we're not. Whew, man. I wish somebody told me some of this stuff when I was a kid. Some of them did. I got some of it. But man, some of this stuff, I just, it just went over my head as a young boy. Young believer. And uh, in some ways, I had to go, to go to the school of hard knocks and let God uh, teach me some things, correct me. <laughs> amen. Everybody love the Lord, say amen. Let's pause one more time, and let's just ask God for, for wisdom, and let's process these four thoughts today in a closing prayer. Lord, tonight, as we close out the word of the Lord tonight, and as we close out this session of gaining God's wisdom on Wisdom Wednesday. Lord, help us understand what it means to reverence and fear the Lord in our life. Let us choose the fear of the Lord, the reverence of God in our life, and realize, Lord, that our actions either show that we're reverencing you or not reverencing you. Let our actions line up to being a man of reverence to God. And Lord, let us value what you value and value your, your wisdom and words in our life. Let your word and your wisdom be more valuable than rubies and gold and fine gold. And Lord, let our hearts be so impacted that we never forget what you, you're saying and doing in our life. 
that we would write these truths on the tablets of our hearts. And Lord, as we look to your word, we understand that we've got to be humble. We can't be arrogant, prideful, disobedient. For Lord, we learn that with humility comes wisdom. So Lord, let us be men and women of humility. Realize we don't know it all. We don't know much. We humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. Lord, we know he who humbles himself will be exalted. But Lord, we don't even humble ourselves for the purpose of being exalted. We humble ourselves because of who you are. Your mighty God. In Jesus' name. Amen.